Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Jeff Yan. In this episode, you'll hear part two of my conversation with Sam Asensio from John Jay College of Criminal Justice. More links and information about today's conversation can be found on Digication's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Full episodes of Digication Scholars Conversations can be found on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. You were about to hear part two of our conversation with Sam Asensio from John Jay College of Criminal Justice. Please be sure to listen to our previous episode to hear part one of this conversation. How did you get funding for this? Did you talk to people at John Jay and they just said, yes, this is good? Um, I mean, they so, that nice? <laughs> I would like to say yes. You know, for the record, they listen to this. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, this is recorded. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so there was just no funding. It was just under our club banner. So now it's a separate thing. It's, it's very separate. But at the time, you know, I had found out, me and my little detective skills, that there was secretly, like, funding for LGBT services. Because at the time, we didn't even have a center. We didn't have an LGBT center. It was the women's center. And that was it. So we had, like, some queer things we could ask money for from them. So I was like, okay, I can argue them for a certain amount of money for queer events. And I was like, I might be able to, like, jimmy them for some money. (laughs) So my whole plan was, like, my whole plan was, like, if I can make a really fancy presentation that's, like, hey, look, this works. Like, I even had my mentors doing office hours. They were were not even real hours. (laughs) Just put in hours. And I was, like, we're going to make it look super official. Like, we're getting paid. And then they'll be, like, wow, this is serious. We got to pay money. Like, we're just going to wow them so much. They're going to want to pay us money. (laughs) That did not work out at all. but I was talking to, uh, we call it CECL, which is the Center for Student Leadership and Involvement. And my cohort leader was, I was telling him about his name's John. And I was like, John, like, do you know how I could get funding through this? And he's like, I'm not really sure. So he bumps me up to his director, who I was close with. Her name is Danielle. I was like, Danielle, I really care about this. Please, I want them to have money. They work so hard. I was like crying. I was like, please give them money. And Danielle's like, stop. This is already good. I love this. And they're like, I'm going to give them my money from like my funding. Make sure that they get paid. And I was like, really? And um, so that's what they did. They went into like the, the funding for Center for, for Student Leadership and Involvement. This is like, this is that. This is what this program's meant for. This is what this department's for. And this program fits. So I handed it off to my cohort leader. I was like, keep it going. Don't ever give it up. Like, I have it because like, I don't want to like run it and I'm super busy and then it falls apart. I was like, you keep this for as long as possible. And they're like, yeah. Um, and, you know, it also makes it more official because now I'm not biased and paying my friends. Like, he's doing it. Um, but yeah, Danielle definitely you know, the Center for Student Leadership and Involvement believed in us and they were like, we're going to fight for funding. And they came back a couple weeks later and they're like slapping the money on the table, like stipend money. They're like, bam, they're paid now. And there was a lot of stipulations, you know, it was like, it's like, you have to have this CPA, you have to do this and that. And I was like, but you're getting paid to have a, you know, be a queer person with queer experiences and educate others. And like, they had like requirements, they use the same requirements that I had prior, which is like, you know, you got to do one workshop a week, you got to do this. But I, I think John, I would like to say John Jay is just that nice. I mean, like we're fierce advocates for justice, but I think we're also something they don't mention is we're also fierce advocates for education um, and different types of education. So I definitely think that they believed in it. They saw how much it meant to me as a student and they knew me very personally. You know, they knew that this is something I fought from the heart for. And yeah. That's an amazing, amazing story. That's it's unbelievable. I, I, I really do hope, I, I think that, I think you're right that, you know, certainly at this scale, um, 
you might be the you might there might not be many schools that has this. Although many schools probably have that hidden pocket of um, money somewhere that is waiting for someone to ask, and they just need to ask it the right way and get the right person, and someone has the key to it, right? Um, but but I I must say that you know I've I've had the pleasure of, of getting to know several people from John Jay, and you know people have you know, through education and, you know, people, several people have run education and really has been an amazing experience. It's just, just an extraordinary school. Um, we actually have um, uh, a few, like a three-part, like uh, amazing <laughs> education scholars conversations with with um, Professor Michael Yarbrough and, uh, and several of his students. Um, he was he was at the time um, just talking about Mike, Michael Yabro's um, experience as a professor through the sort of the COVID spring of 2020 in New York City and you know people are dying and getting sick and all of that and um, and what he he did with his students and they did this amazing project I, I recommend people go you know look that up on YouTube or on you know your your podcast app because it it was so inspiring and and really like so many people I meet from John Jay you know has that and I think you are absolutely right that there is a almost in addition to anything academic it's like built into your DNA that there is a, a fierce passion around justice you know so that's that's just awesome I love that um, can you tell me a little bit about um, can you tell me a little bit about this uh, uh, sort of your 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 thoughts behind? I think you had mentioned advocacy and sort of leadership. You know, how do you um, how do you rally other people to do? I mean, having now spoken to you, with you for a little while, I can I can kind of see it. But do you have some like? Do you do you have some uh, do you do you have any insights to how you actually get people to do all these things? Because you know, like you were saying, you are like you're begging, you are you are bribing them with food, you are you know doing all these things. But like, there's got to be some like that feels like there's some kind of natural charm that goes into this that makes people want to follow you. Uh, um, I think it's just like something that I actually learned in John Jay. I was talking to the former. Um, President John Jay, uh, President Travis, and I asked him, you know, what what does justice mean to you? And he said something that's really changed my whole life. He said, um, justice is the relationship that those in power have with their community. Hmm. Um, and that's something I really, really took to heart. Um, so when it came to, to my advocacy, it came to what I was doing, I always had the best interest of my community. I always tell people I'm an ally first, uh, and I want to earn the term, like I want to earn um, the term ally because, you know, I have to constantly earn that title from the community I wish to serve. I wish to give me that title. So I'm going to keep fighting. Um, I, I usually, you know, when I say I'm queer, I usually say I'm a queer ally first because I want to continue to earn that title from my own community. Even if I myself am queer, you know, I need to I need to be able to have that intersectionality. I need to be able to listen to voices that may have experiences that I don't have. Um, and I think definitely a lot of that was when it came to advocacy, you know, like all of those like little bribes, all that begging was a lot 
was mostly secondary to the determination I had to, to rally these people to say like, this matters, you know, our lives matter, our voices matter, and you matter. And I think a lot of the times people think that, you know, being a leader is, is being on the pedestal and yelling, but oftentimes it's actually about bringing the entire group forward and, and using yourself to speak with them, not for them. Uh, I think a lot of people think that, you know, when you're elected into uh, positions of authority, you are like the leader, therefore you must speak for them. But no, you're, you're elected to represent in any position of leadership. Um, and they elected you because they believed in you. They believed in your views. And even if they didn't fully believe in you, they want you to do the best possible job for them. And, you know, even if you're not fully elected, if people respect you, if people look up to you, if people ask you for help, you know, it's up to you to have their best interest. You know, you're not there to bully them. You're not there to harass them. You're not there to, like, put them down and say this isn't the best work. You know, you ask, you ask these, like, open questions to say, like, well, this is great. How can we improve it? What are you thinking? Where are we going? And letting them find their own path, letting them lead their own path and guiding them is the best form of advocacy. A lot of people think it's about just pointing the way. It's, it's not. It's about opening the doors for the people and letting them pick which door they want to go into. Even if they come back a little hurt, a little scarred, you're there to comfort them and keep pushing them. And I think that's the most important part about being an advocate is, is knowing that you're not always going to succeed. But you know, when you really care about your community and, and truly, truly love them, you know, you're going to guide them and not just lead. You know, like you, you are, you are like the wisest um, person that I, I, I was, I really honestly was thinking like, well, I will be talking to a student today. Um, and not that that means like, you know, you, you wouldn't, I didn't expect, you know, like, greatness out of you but but everything that you say is just like it's blowing my mind um it's 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 that's amazing that that's a that those are some really amazing insights i mean i I, i'm gonna have to think about that a lot i'm gonna listen to this afterwards too um you know it's that's you know that 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 is it's so insightful um uh i i wanted to well while while we're on on the subject here, I wanted to ask you about your thoughts on sort of just you know what is what what is um, what does the world look like for um, uh, young people in you know in your you know in, you know going to college. Um, uh, uh, especially if you are in the LGBTQ plus, you know, sort of spectrum uh, community. Um, Because when I, when I went to college, I felt like that it was really different. I mean, we didn't even talk about it. Um, And I think it'd be really great to get some, some, some colors, you know, on like, what, what, what is it like um, now? Um, Because it just feels so, empowered but it also at the same time feel like there's so much more to to work on right um so tell me your sort of your view on that that's that's such a complicated question (laughs) um i think it's it's tough honestly because you know i do reflect back on on what it was like i think something that i read once was just like the most anti-queer thing you can do is get a doctorate or you know get tenure and, and, you know, it, it's kind of true. It, it is kind of true because there's no funding right now. Um, you know, right now, my research is in, in you know, queer research. 
but it, it's hard to find those articles. It's hard to find that research. It's hard to find people that are, you know, I, I will challenge anybody to find me a doctorate specifically for LGBT education or LGBT anything if it's not in a gender studies thing or if it's not just a subsection or just like a little hidden tab somewhere or a certificate. I, I would love to have that because I would love to have a PhD in LGBT studies, but right now I, I'm not finding any of that and it's tough. Um, and I think that, you know, something I've realized in my research and talking with other queer scholars is that, you know, things are changing. Um, I know that right now I'm, my current research is um, researching LGBT service provisions, specifically in the CUNY system. And what I'm learning is that there's no real kind of way to train somebody to do that. You know, you kind of just like pick somebody and then you're like, okay, good luck. Mm-hmm. But there's no real assessment there. There's no real assessment of like what you should be doing, how you should be doing, what's the best way. Everybody's got a different way to do it. And that's great. But when there's no hardcore assessments that we can look at and determine, we can't get that information. And, and that does hurt students ultimately because it, it has, you know, like I said, the difference is like you can have an LGBT room with a flag in it or an LGBT room with queer mentors. You don't know which one really is going to work for you. And obviously you're going to want one over the other. But if they're not, you know, specifically there, then it kind of limits you because you might love one college and then not have the resources in another. That's the problem here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, I think it's changing. I think right now we're not where we want to be. I think something like 80% of like younger individuals and like Gen Z are like queer now. That's a lot. Um, and I think something that somebody said to me is that we're not minorities, we're minoritized. Um, mm. That doesn't That's, mean that, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, you know, I think that the thing is like, you know, I am a person who wants to be trained to be an LGBT-centered director. I want to be trained in LGBT work, but I have to find all these niches to get there. And it's it's taxing. It's kind of like going through a maze when you could easily cut through it. You know, you don't want to go through the maze. You'd rather just get to the end, get the cheese. But that's not how that works right now. And, and that, that's the worst part, I think, right now. It's like a lot of institutions are so focused on, you know, like, oh, we can support these minoritized groups but they're not really doing it in a way that, you know, makes this person feel special. They're doing it in a way to say, oh, look, they're not different from anybody else. They're just like you, you know, they're just like you, cis white male who's in college right now. Like they're the same, you're the same, but they don't want to hear they're the same. There's a difference and you have to learn there's a difference. I think colleges are, you know, waking up to that. You know, it's definitely with all of the movements that are going on, you know, like AAPI, Black Lives Matter, these queer movements that are happening. I can keep going. But these things are changing, but I think that it's not changing fast enough in the educational sphere. Yeah. You know, I think that not every institution is, is open to having, you know, like, for example, pronouns in their syllabi. You know, how often do you see, like, we will use pronouns in our syllabi here. You are open to do this. You, you don't always see these things, and you don't always know who's in your classroom. At least one in ten students will be queer in a classroom. That's not a minority. That's more notorious individual. I think the future is looking brighter because of... You know, people like like the people I know who want to be queer mentors, the people who want their experiences known and who want to educate others. I think it's going to get better, but I think it's it's just in a stagnation right now in this present moment where there's so much going on. We're not sure what direction to go in, but I definitely think that the future looks bright as long as people keep fighting for what they believe in. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I feel like that there is a... Um, unspoken but should be much bigger like i I like what you said about you know you're not the minority you're being minoritized and i think that there's something 
literally happening all the way to the curriculum level. Because I, I find that, you know, at John Jay, actually, because you have such a passion for justice, um, that it might actually, you might actually be the exception there. But, you know, when I think about most education institutions, higher education institutions, you know, you can be extremely sophisticated in math and physics and arts and writing, you know, in journalism. Um, but it's almost like, you know, when I, when I look at people's like general education sort of goals, yeah, we want students to be critical thinkers and, you know, good writers, good readers, etc. Um, but there almost isn't this, you know, where does justice stand? Where, does, where do you find identity? How do you find some kind of passion, you know, to life? And, and uh, it doesn't mean that, you know, you can take a course and then you'll be happy forever, you know, but, but it's almost like we're not even exposed to it. Like, you don't even get exposed. You, you, it's almost like you don't, not only do you not get exposed to it, it's like it doesn't matter because it's not on the, it's not, it's not a card that can be played, you know. And if you happen to have found um, someone who's like a mentor like you or the people that mentored you or had enabled, you know, had given you the opportunities, some of those that you mentioned before, um, and, and you have someone with, you know, your, level of sophistication and personality you go in and, and, and get that it almost feels like that the the major the majors the credits like there is not an, a required a required course for so many things but not one that is for you know like you need to figure out what how you're going to be useful to this to this world um how do you do, even define that you know yeah. and you, you're kind of left on your own to figure that out absolutely yeah i think I think a lot of the times people are asking, you know, what do you want to do with your degree instead of asking what does success look like to you? Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, I think if you sit down with yourself and say, you know, what does success look like to you? And you really think about, you know, like if it's for you, it's getting a house. Okay. So how do we get to getting that house? Your whole perspective on life changes. A lot of students that I've, I remember, I literally talked to a student, I think it was yesterday. They were like, yeah, I have a biology degree. And I was like, okay, so what does success look like to you? And they're like, well, I want to teach queer students and like, I want to help them and become a doctor. And like, but that's never going to happen. And I was like, well, well, why can't it happen? And they're like, well, it's just not possible. I was like, but if that's what success looks like to you, then what are the steps? And they sat there and they're like, well, I could do this and that and this and this. And I was like, so why don't you invest in you? And they sat there for a while. And like, this person's a senior in college. And they're like, oh, my God, I want to change my major. I want to do something else. Like, And they were so determined to do this. I've never seen this person so happy in, my, in their whole life. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's it. It's just, you know, it's, it's asking less about asking students to, to complete these markers and more about asking, you know, what's that experience like for them and what do they hope to gain out of it? It's about the hoop and the portal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's beautiful. Um, all right, so last question for me then. What does success look like to you? That's a good one. <laughs> I think for me right now, I, I want to come back to John Jay. I want to work in the LGBT center. That's that's the dream. But, you know, sometimes that feels so small, like in the really grand scheme of things. Like, you know, it's like maybe that's just what I see right now. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I think it's, it's really simple. But it's like I just want to make sure that at least one student out there, you know, 
doesn't have the experiences that I had, you know, all the bad ones anyways, like, you know, I don't want them to feel that they're not wanted in high school, that, you know, that they have to hide from their parents, that they have to hide who they are, and they're trying to, like, struggle in these classes that they're unhappy with because the world is never going to really accept them. I, I don't ever want a student to sit there and, you know, just have deep pain for the rest of their life because, you know, they couldn't find themselves and they were right there all along, you know? Mm. I think success for me is just, you know, seeing my community smile through the hardships, through the good times, you know, um, and just knowing that, you know, I think just seeing just seeing all the mentees I had graduate made me happy and that was success. And I just want to see that on a grander scale, I think, for connections. I, I would love to see it on every campus. Like, I, I don't even expect every single one to be the same. I expect some to be like all arts and crafts based, like, oh, we're like STEM based. Uh, like, I want right. to see creativity. I want right. to see that flourish. I mean, if if I could in the grand scheme of things, I'd love to start my own company for that and just go from college to college and start like chapters and like host it and, you know, make money off the queer experience in a way that's like foundational and educational. I want to have yeah. a doctorate. But, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's mostly just you know, keep going until I stop having fun. <laughs> that is that is an amazing answer, by the way. And I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you this right now. Um, well, first of all, I don't know if anyone from John Jay will listen. Like anyone that you know can move the needle. Like from John Jay is listening to this, but if anyone is or anyone's listening to this who knows someone who can make it happen, um, just please let them know that they would be so, so foolish to, to let Sam go without, um, without actually, I mean, he's saying that this is, you know, what he, what success looks like to him. This would be a massive, massive success for John Jay. I mean, it, the, 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 the it's not even a fair trade at all. Um, in fact, I, I think that what you said about making it, you know, imagining at a grander scale, um, to me, you know, honestly, it almost feels like John Jay's, not in a not in a bad way, it's going to be too small for you. I think that you need to go, like, global. You need to go, like, like at least national to begin with. Um, I, I, I think you can do it. I think that it's the, it is, I think that, if every campus has a connection um, or whatever, you ended up, you know, deciding the next logo, you know, maybe <laughs> drive a different name um, is going to be, I think that's what they need. I think that the, the idea of um, not having another student having to go through this sense of confusion and not belonging and, and and uh, a sense of you know like thinking that they are they are less than 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 who they really are. It's it's um, it it it's not only an unacceptable, but it's like it. This is what's going to make a real dent in universe in, in the universe. So I I'm in full support. You know, if there are some ways I can you know be helpful, you know, please let me know. Um, maybe we should start some kind of connections. Um, you know, help you start some connections like templates or chapters so that, you know, any schools who wants to use it, you know, can just use it. And any of the other schools that use education can just go ahead and, and do that. that um, although fantastic. then you'll be really, really busy. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> but John Jay, 
let, let me tell you this. Like, it's still, like, this is the message to John Jay administrators or whomever who can make this happen. Um, what you need to do is to, first of all, um, get Sam to stay at John Jay to do this, um, to, to, to do whatever job he thinks is, you know, is, is going to be best. And at the same time, get him the PhD that he needs, you know, at the CUNY system. I'm sure someone can, you know, I'm sure it can be done. You know, and he's going to work really hard at it. And the, the, like by doing that, I think that you will, you will, um, really make the world a better place in a, in a, in a scale that's, um, uh, you know, that's really going to be worthwhile, um, worth doing. So, Hey, listen, Sam, I, I hope that this will happen much sooner rather than later. Uh, but I also hope that. Um, there's going to be time for us to chat again um, in the future as you go through these different milestones. I hope that you'll be willing to come back to this again, and we can um, we can do this uh, and sort of see where you are and you know how it has grown. Uh, hopefully, by you know and you know like instead of just saying that we have like fifty something mentors getting paid at John Jay, you know maybe. It's going to grow in in ways that we can't even you know expect yet. But I I, I am I just have little doubt that it's going to happen under your um, this 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 just clear passion and and, and leadership that you have. Um, and just wow, um, thank you for for being the advocate for for everyone. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And honestly, I, I will let you know now I'm already working on another education, a personal one. So I'm in love with it. Um, so you'll probably see me again because I'm probably going to be like, I love it. <laughs> That's great. Great. Um, I, I have a feeling that we're going to cross path again uh, many times. Absolutely. Um, all right. Thank you so much again for everything. Uh, you've been wonderful. What, a, what, an, what an amazing guest. Uh, and I, I really hope that uh, we'll, we'll, we'll stay in touch. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. All right. Take care. Digication Scholars Conversations is brought to you by Digication, a technology platform powering the most innovative e-portfolio programs in K-12 and higher education. Our website can be found at digication.com. This episode was produced by Drew Albanicius and Amanda Driscoll. Thanks for listening.